Thank you for listening to the Three Count Wrestling Podcast, a podcast made by fans for fans. Join me, the Professor Cody Wilson, and stunning Steve Krasniak for news, general topic discussions, predictions, and reviews here on the Light Blue Podcast Network. And now, here's me. Record. Thanks, me. This is me, Mr. Light Blue, the Professor Cody Wilson, with your stunning Super Steve Krasniak. So, WrestleMania 36 has come and gone. We will talk about that in the main event, obviously. And um, I don't remember the picks <laughs> at all. I mean, I hope Steve wrote his down or something. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, next time we do this, I will write down the picks for both of us so that it is, uh, you know, more uh, effective. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy few days. Since yeah. last week. Yeah. And uh, we're going to start off the news portion of the podcast with some very interesting news. Um, it was reported either yesterday or today that Ray Ripley was uh, not in the country due to a visa um, mishap. Yeah, I guess her uh, work visa um, expired. <clears throat> and that's why... Yeah, so who knows when she'll be back. Probably after this pandemic is over, probably. Well, people are wrong. She's still in America right now. (laughs) She is, was reportedly returning to Australia to deal with her visa expiring. The report was put in question when Rhea in when Ripley indicated on her Instagram story that she was still in Florida cooking dinner for her boyfriend. Oh, huh. <laughs> lucky man! <clears throat> That's what I got out of it. Yeah, right. Um, she's she around ten a.m. either today or yesterday. She went on Instagram and said, "Yo, wrestling world, still in America." <laughs> so she's they still, uh, at least she's still in America. Who knows when she's going back? Right, we don't know what's going on, but we we everybody ex- suspects that the title change happened because of the visa problems. That's what I'm thinking because they didn't want to like probably keep her with the belt, and then all of a sudden she had to leave because of the visa. So they know there was problems, so they put it on Charlotte. Um, that's technically, honestly, not the case. It looks like it. It, it looks like that. Um. The reason that they took the title off of Rhea to Charlotte is for ratings. They want AEW to suffer, it looks like. <laughs> they want NXT to flourish. Huh. It, okay. Yeah, that... I, I mean, that makes sense. You, you put a big star like Charlotte on NXT yeah. going up against AEW, people are going to watch. Yeah. It just... uh. It, it it it, I just like how people speculate right away. Like, oh, her visa's expired. That's why she lost the title. It's like you, you can't think of another reasoning why she lost the title. I also think she's probably going to win money in the bank this year too. So, who Ra- Rhea? Yep. You think they're going to mix NXT superstars with that? Oh yeah. Well, I don't see why not. They haven't done that yet, or have an NXT uh, money in the bank ladder match or something. Right. I could see them mixing NXT guys. It'd be a nice change of pace. 
Right. But at the same time, that kind of that kind of screws with other wrestlers because if you're on the main roster, well, okay, main roster now is NXT, Raw, and SmackDown, which is fine. But at the same time, it's like you put NXT superstars in the Money in the Bank match. Now, do you make it nine people? Do you make it eight people? Do you keep it six? Because then it's two, two, and two. I kind of like that idea. Keeping it six? Yeah, two, two, and two. Yeah, I do too, but at the same time, it's like it's... It, you don't get to see other superstars in the match. Like, last year's Money in the Bank women's was... I can't even remember. Bailey. And that was the only person that was pretty much in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Like, everybody else was just like, eh, I don't see you winning it. That's why I think it'd be good, especially on the women's side, for them to incorporate the NXT women's division. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just for that reason alone, because it's like, how do you, how can you justify having other women in there that you can't call the dark horse or like, you see Bailey in there, it's like, oh, that's the most star-powered person in the match. So you obviously know that she's going to win. Yeah. Okay. Well, so all all you smart marks out there, Rhea Ripley's still in the country, so don't worry, she's not in Australia. Um, but yeah, that's, that's news number one there. So due to the coronavirus BS, NXT lost their cruiserweight champion. Who was the, oh, the, um, Devlin guy. Yep. Yep. Oh, and there's also a situation with the tag titles. Yeah, because I know Pete Dunn's stuck over there too. Mm Mm-hmm. So, this was on the bump today, uh, the the WWE Network's, like, Today Show. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. It's not bad. It's it's just a bunch of people, like us, you know, like, doing this. Ah. But it's it's video form, pretty much. Doing interviews and everything with different wrestlers. Okay. Um... So, due to the coronavirus travel restrictions... William Regal has now announced a tournament to crown an interim NXT Cruiserweight Champion. So that means they're obviously going to do a storyline with whoever the Cruiserweight Champion is of this tournament will have to face Jordan Devlin to become the undisputed Cruiserweight Champion. Right, when that happens. Whenever the coronavirus passes, hopefully soon. Yeah, it... This whole thing, there. I'm not getting into it here. This is a wrestling podcast, not a right. health prog podcast. Um, <laughs> I have my own opinion on it. Yes, so do I. So Regal also addressed the situation surrounding the NXT Tag Team Titles, as Pete Dunne is also stuck in the UK due to COVID-19. Uh, his partner Matt Riddle has been appearing on NXT by himself, and has not decided on what will happen with the tag team titles yet, but he will be looking at all available options and will have an announcement in the next week or so. Yeah, I I could maybe see them and making a match with Undisputed, that new tag team that seemed to appear, and maybe one or two other tag teams and just have them fight for an interim tag team title and do the same thing with once this whole thing passes. Right. And tonight's NXT, because this is taped on a Wednesday, 
Right. Uh, NXT will be having the rest of TakeOver. Wow. Tonight. So it's going to be the Ciampa Gargano match, which was billed as Blackheart versus Rebel Heart, the final beat. Granted, that is the best tagline I've heard since Heart and Soul at SummerSlam 97. Yeah. And the number one contender's ladder match for the women in NXT for Charlotte Flair's championship now. Mia Yim, Candice LeRae, Chelsea Green, Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, and Io Shirai. So it's probably down to Io Shirai or Io Shirai. Uh, I see... Chelsea Green's the dark horse of the match. That's clearly obvious. Oh, clearly obvious, yeah. Chelsea Green is not winning this match whatsoever. Tegan Knox, maybe. No, we have a better chance of Heath Slater being the third member of 3MB to win the World Heavyweight title. I'd love to see that, honestly. That'd be, that, that would be so freaking awesome. Yeah, it would. Um, I can see Mia Yim winning it, and then her and Charlotte having great that, couple matches. Oh, yeah, man. I can definitely see Candice LeRae win and having Charlotte be just a, an uptight heel against her, you know, underdog babyface persona. Yeah, she's just going to be an uptight heel anyway because she's out of wrong. She's Charlotte Flair, and she thinks her, well, poo doesn't stink. Right. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like you can make her a babyface against Dakota Kai. You can make her a babyface yeah, yeah. against Chelsea Green. Yeah, true. It all depends on who ends up winning, I guess. Honestly, I see Candace winning. I honestly see Candace winning this match and just letting Charlotte be the best heel possible in NXT for Candace to like be that plucky underdog who doesn't get the win but still chases the title. Oh, like her husband? Yeah, exactly. But I could uh, either Candace, Mia Yim, or Theo Shirai. I could see winning it. And the Ciampa Gargano match. That one's going to be interesting. Because it's billed as an empty building with just a referee in a ring. Which is how WrestleMania 36 was the entire two nights. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and we see what Randy Orton and Edge did there. So, Oh my god, that was such good shit. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, definitely get to that later. Okay, and news story number three. Undertaker is reportedly keeping his badass American style from the Boneyard match. For how long? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I w- I'll admit I was a little disappointed he didn't come out on uh, that Limp Biscuit song he used to use. But I'm okay with oh, Metallica. No oh, Metallica yeah. was so much better than Limp Biscuit. Who the hell are you? Uh, granted, I get the whole disappointment, but Metallica, man, come but on. As soon as I heard it was Metallica, I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Um... Still the line of the night in that match. You broke my fingers. God damn it, you broke my finger. <laughs> right. You made me break my finger. That was so great. Uh, there's no word yet on The Undertaker will be back in action for WWE, but it looks like he will be the version of the Dead Men that we saw during the Boneyard match with Styles at night one of 36. Uh, it was reported by WrestleVotes on how WWE sources have said that whenever we see Taker next, he will likely be using the new American badass style character that we saw this past weekend. Eh, I mean, 
Either that or uh, I don't know. SummerSlam maybe. Yeah. I there's there's speculation that his career is coming to an end. I thought that was cool. I thought his career honestly was coming to an end five years ago, but that's Yeah, me too. But you know, money. Um <laughs> Is money a strong factor? Money's a very strong factor, especially when it's Saudi blood money. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, th- people are speculating that it's going to be his. This is going to be his swan song. Uh, yeah, because I can run because of the documentary on the network. I also think that Survivor Series this year will be his last because I think it's 25 years of a dead man this year at Survivor Series. Is it? I think. 90 to 20. That's 30. Okay, so that was off. But still, I mean, I can see Survivor Series be, that's where he should retire. He shouldn't retire at main age. He should retire at Survivor Series. Have him have one last buried alive match at Survivor Series and call it quits. Oh, you mean a not movie looked version of the Boneyard match? Yeah. Eh, I think they got to do a movie version of it. But who knows what's going to happen with Taker's story career? I mean, the man really doesn't need to do much anymore. Stop dragging, stop dragging him out just to entertain us. He's done enough for us. Let the man rest. Yeah, like I don't. Did you watch the sneak peek of his documentary? No, not yet. So, I've been meaning to watch that one and Edges. There was just one thing that really stuck out in my mind with it is that he said for like five years straight, like he was doing those strings of one-off WrestleMania matches. Yeah. Because he wanted to defend the streak. The problem was is that after he was done at Mania, he'd go get surgery, then get rehabbed, and then train for Mania again. Mm. So it's like, no wonder why the guy was never 100% for like... I don't know. Let's say I. This is just me speculating. Brock. No, not even since Brock. It was probably before that. I'm thinking like end of an era, like that, yeah. like when 27 happened and he couldn't walk on his own. Yeah, there you saw that there was issues. So the fact that he came back for 28, anyways, did 29, and then 30, and 30 got his ass knocked the hell out by Lesnar. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. It, it's let the man rest. Oh yeah, definitely let the man rest. Let him get his Hall of Fame ring and just let him be. One, yeah, once he's on the Hall of Fame, that curtain, that veil is lifted. It's gone. Yeah. There's no keeping his mystique anymore. Yeah. Oh God, sorry for burping into the mic. If you guys hear that, so. And that's the third news story of the week, guys. So with that, we're going to go into the main event. But before we go into the main event, here's a word from our sponsor this week, Anchor.fm. Today's podcast is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. Who doesn't want to, who doesn't want to do stuff for free? The creation tools... Uh, that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. How simple is that? Can't do anything better than that. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many, many more. 
You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That means you can have zero listeners and still be able to try to make money. That is so cool. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now, back to the podcast. The main event general topic. And we're back to the main event. Main event obviously is going to be the review of WrestleMania 36. So, do you want to talk about both the kickoff matches or do you want to go just go into the main card? I'll be honest, I didn't watch the kickoff matches. Okay. I did. I want it was Drew Gulak and Cesaro. That had to be done. That was, for an empty arena match, it was good. It was really good. Oh, I and did happen to catch the Liv Morgan. Uh, that was so weird. It's like, yep. why why put Liv Morgan in that, Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? That position. Yeah. yeah. That position of facing Natalia, a veteran, and then beating Natalia on a kickoff show. It's like, okay. Right. Like, they were like, what do we do with these two people? Throw them in the kickoff. I don't understand why they didn't do the Battle Royals. I, I don't know, to be honest. You already that. have people fighting each other close to close. Maybe to keep down the number of people that were in the ring at one given time. I can see that. I can see that being the, the issue. Right, because Royal Rumbles at one point, you always are going to have that point where somebody dominates for a bit, there's like one or two, and then at one point, in every Rumble ever, there's at least 10 to 15 people in the ring at a given time. Right. So, it's probably why they didn't do them this year, is my guess. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the ending of Cesaro Gulak was really well done. Cesaro put him up on his shoulders for an airplane spin. Okay. Like, like Gulak is on his back with his arm and leg, like, flat out, and his le- arm and leg on the other side flat out, so he's, like, just spinning. Okay. And then Cesaro just drops his arms and keeps spinning with him on his neck like a freaking hula hoop. I knew that man. That man's just feats of strength. That man is strong as hell. It is amazing. Well, I kind of want to see Cesaro versus Brock Lesnar. I really do. Right. Because I know Brock says he likes working, like, guys that can work really good. But for some reason, Brock Lesnar wanted to do a program with R-Truth at some one point. So, Well, because R-Truth is just so damn entertaining. <laughs> I, I will say this. Brock Lesnar is entertaining as hell. He is with the right storyline, depending on who he's working with. That's the thing. Like, with... Not even that. Like, when he's this not even... Like... Boombox Brock. That was odd. That scared me. That, that made me laugh so hard. I'm like, oh, what it, the hell is going on? I was like, what parallel Rick and Morty universe did I just fall into? It's just, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Ghoul, so, we're going to go in order. We're going to go from night one to night two. In order, match order. Um, the Cesaro match didn't count for our picks, obviously, because we didn't know that was going to be even a thing. And so then the start off WrestleMania was Stephanie McMahon at the studios in Stanford. Um, you know, 
good on them, I guess, trying to say through the tough times we're going through. I mean, I get that they didn't want to name it and like get people riled up again, but at the same time, it's like, why? Right. You know, why even bring it up? Just like, just go do the opening package, start off with the lights and everything, and then go to your first match. Don't even like bring up the fact that we're going through a tough time in the country. Right. I did I did like what they did with the national anthem and I kind of hope they do that every year now. Right. That national anthem was really uh, I thought it was weird at first and I'm like so did yeah, I. You you couldn't you couldn't like have like JoJo or like somebody else like sing America the Beautiful. But as, yeah, I agree like really see or somebody that's what i said i was do. i was with a, in a live chat with a bunch of uh friends from book it by the way go watch that or listen to that podcast please book it on t13 media so good the guys do good work um but yeah it's just it was weird it, but then as i seen what they were doing i'm like i get it now i kind yeah, of it's like it. okay Okay, it it's sinking in now. Got it. Yeah. So after all that, um, I was very greatly surprised that JBL was on commentary. <laughs> yes, so was I. I was like, guys, JBL's on commentary tonight. They're like, what? Yeah, JBL's on commentary tonight. Not not Corey Graves. Like, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good shit. Dad was entertained. That's for sure. And. Uh, so, first match is the women's tag team title match. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Asuka and Kari Sane. I do believe we both said that Bliss and Cross were going to win this regardless. Yeah, that's where I was open. Only thing I can remember in night one that I got wrong was the um, ladder match results. Yeah, that ladder match results was weird. But we'll right. get to that when, it gets, when we get there. Um, any memorable spots that you can think of? Um, how they basically towards the end there, the last like five minutes, how they had Alexa pretty much beaten down on the outside, and yet you had Nikki there trying to um fight off the Kabuki Warriors by herself for a long time there, and still wound up pulling it out. Right, I can yeah. My my one of my it was towards the ending too. It was uh, the modified Doomsday device when Oscar had her up on her shoulders. And oh, that's Kari right. Sane comes in with the elbow. That was right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was really nice. That was that's good. Right. That was some good stuff. But uh, yeah, it's just the the match it, for it being the opening match. It was okay, but it was it it's it was still trying to get used to the whole. It's WrestleMania. No crowd opening matches the tag the women's tag titles, right? And it's like, eh. yeah, it, it was weird for me with no fans being there. But and then again, it just made me want to focus on the competition, and it was really good. Right. That's that's what made that's what it made me do too. Was like focus on the match more, and to see them just beat and work the work the match over as much as they can was amazing. Honestly, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are your new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, and they are now the first ever two-time, or NXT, my bad, they're the first two-time Women's Tag Team Champions. Yeah. Um, Go them. 
Yeah, right. Uh, after the match, they stand tall, arms raised, music hits. Um, then Carl Caleb Braxton interviews the Intercontinental Champion Sami Zayn with Cesaro and Nakamura, and obviously he feels confident that he's going to beat Daniel Bryan. Of course, a typical heel thinking he's, you know, I, king cut. He yeah, he said something else though that was pretty interesting. I didn't think about this. He said he will do what few superstars have done, walk in and out of WrestleMania with the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, a lot of superstars really, once they walked in there with it, they usually don't walk out with it a lot of times. Right, and that I thought that to be weird. And I guess I'd have to go back and actually like figure out how many people have actually walked in and out with the Intercontinental Championship the same night. I think I know some have. But I think most of it, yeah. No, none come to mind, though, at WrestleMania, because usually the Intercontinental Champion was in, either in the Money in the Bank ladder match or in some sort of other match that was never for the Intercontinental title. I thought one time there was an Intercontinental title ladder match and Zack Ryder ended up winning it. That was 32. Yeah. But th- that was when... Who went in as champion? Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens went in as champion, defended in the ladder match, and then Zack Ryder went in the business for himself and got the title. <laughs> yeah, we would, have, we would have to see the WrestleMania where the IC title was actually defended one mm-hmm. day. Yeah, I'll, I'll look that up and probably bring it up on next week's podcast. Uh, next match is Elias versus King Corbin. That was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it was, but at the same time, I could still care less. Yeah, same. Because it's like, okay, cool, the match is good, but why am I interested? Short of the fact that Elias is no-selling a fucking fall from the balcony. Right, he was walking around like freaking nothing happened. Obviously, when he fell, there was probably a pad there. We all heard it. But still, only part I liked about that match was seeing Corbin get hit with the guitar. And to finish it with a roll-up, why? That guitar shot was so hard. With no fans to block the noise, you could hear that shot like a gun. I know, you heard everything. Oh my god. Yeah, and like you said, for just Elias to win with a roll-up, again, lackluster, what do I care? Right. Um, the Raw Women's Title match is up next, and the video package for it was very well done. I thought. Yeah, it was. I'm I, honestly surprised that they didn't. I'm glad that Becky won, but I'm surprised they didn't pull the gun on Shayna. But I know Vince was starting to sour on her, so. Right, but now in hold on a second. I I, I just want to point out that if there was one thing that there was that everybody could see over the the two nights was how well the production of WWE is, like the promos, the the both movie matches, you know, how well the production was, top notch. But back to Shayna, it the fact that you had Shayna for no reason uncontrollably beat five women. Right. Which has never 
been done. It came close to being done when Superstar eliminated all the rest of them in an elimination chamber match, but but it's never actually been done. She's the first one to do it. But you're right, though. It's like, let's just have her cream the whole entire field and then lose like that. Yeah, and then lose, lose like Samoa Joe lost like three, four different times in a row. Right. It's like, what? Like, what are... What are we saving for Becky now at this point? Right. There, now, now Becky has to turn heel. If something has to happen, because, yeah, I'm a Becky Lynch fan, but things are starting to get stale. Who, she doesn't really have anybody left to beat at all. No, she doesn't have to beat... She didn't have to beat uh, Baszler. She wanted to beat Baszler because Baszler was being a bitch. Well, that's just who she is, but still. Right. But at the same time, it's like... And to have Baszler say, or like have that look on her face like, I can't believe I got pinned. I can't believe I got pinned. Really? Yeah, right. held the damn hold in. You could have let go. Exactly. It's like, I, I get that you're trying to get her to tap out before the pin happens, but... You realize your shoulders are on the ground. You have to realize that. Right, you're getting pinned, obviously. And like, roll to the side real quick or let the submission go or something. It just, it it's annoying and pisses me off. But at the same time, it's like, it, it, the way WWE does finishes sometimes is okay. And the other times, it's like this. It's like, it you made her look stupid. Yeah, other times they just really don't seem to care. When they can't think of a decent finish, I just finish it with a roll-up or a submission pin or something. Yeah, it's like, let's go back to the old well and get the trope out. It's like, no, (laughs) think of something creative. Or think of something that was like, you know, that hasn't been done in a long time. Not let's do the same trope over and over and over again until everybody's pissed off about it and then not do it for five years and then do the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, there's been lately so many wins by roll-up or I just I'm sick of seeing them yeah it's I mean when we get to the ladder match good good creative finish but at the same time it was it was a weird finish oh yes yeah definitely um yeah, next match is Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship I already knew that Zayn was going to win yeah I know yeah. Two reasons. One, before the the report of Daniel Bryan having the outbreak, I'm like, or the, he wants to quarantine himself. Okay, cool, do that. But at the same time, it's like, Zayn just won the title. Yeah. I don't think they're going to pull the trigger again to screw over Braun Strowman even more. Because like, okay, I couldn't beat them on a three-on-one handicap match, but Daniel Bryan can beat Sami Zayn in like five minutes. Right. You know, it's like, I knew Sane was going to win. There was no way that was not going to happen. True. Now, I like Zane as a heel. I'm going to say that right now. Zane, he's better as a heel as Sami Zayn than he is as a babyface at El Generico. No, yeah, totally. Which is saying a lot, really. Yeah, that Haluva kick out of midair was really good, too. That was... That was amazing. Drew Gulak, though, making 
getting a good spot in, you know, to take out both Cesaro and Nakamura. Oh it God. Was, yeah, it was not it was that was nice. Yeah, and then Brian telling telling Gulak to let Sammy go and then tricking him to get beat his ass up on the ramp. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I'm like, wait a minute. There's no way he's letting him go. I know. I was like, there's no way Brian's gonna let this go. Yeah, Brian's no. not that dumb. No. But yeah, that Haluva kick out of nowhere. That was that was nice. That made Sammy look strong and smart at the same time. Yeah, which they need to start doing with Sammy because he should not have gone that long without having a singles title. I'm sorry, he should oh, yeah. not. Because he barely <laughs> barely had a run with the NXT title. He had one month until Kevin Owens stopped the match or made the match stop because he just kept on power bombing him and power bombing him and power bombing him until he just wouldn't move. Stop it, he's already dead. Stop it, he's already dead. Right. I see that match. I was like, oh my god. I'm a Kevin Owens fan, but I was I'm like, just stop. Right. Uh, triple threat ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles: Kofi Kingston versus Jimmy Uso, not Jay. Jimmy versus John Morrison. That's not what I expected. What was going to happen when I loaded up WrestleMania? But then I seen it. I was like, "Huh." So, reason being, if you didn't notice, Miz was sick. I knew that. That I knew. I just didn't know how they were going to play around that, and what we found out. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I hate yawning, but um, so yeah, the too many there's too many high spots to even go over. Oh yeah, totally. To even like try to give this match justice, um, it's a it's a ladder match. There's high spots of plenty. Oh yeah, between um, the one that I really thought was pretty you know interesting was um. Jay throws the ladder to John Morrison, like tips it over. Yeah. It lands on the ropes, and Morrison's just like, huh? Thumb to the eye to Jimmy Uso. I'm just like, that's funny. That is funny. <laughs> yeah, I, but the first thought that popped in my head when I seen the ladder like that, I'm like, please don't let somebody jump on the ladder and catch Morrison in the face like tapping the Mercury. <sighs> oh, Yeah. I, that's that's a good one to bring up. But that's the first thing I thought. I was like, please don't do that to Morrison. That was such a bad, unforeseen injury that happened to Mercury. Oh yeah, that that did suck, honestly. But the ending of that ladder match was that, that was, was good. I didn't know who was going to actually walk out at that point. But I kind of like the look on Kofi and Jimmy's face, or Jay, whatever, one of the Usos, and look on their face. But that landing Morrison took on that ladder looked like it hurt. Oh, that hurt like hell. But the fact that when he took it down, like when they headbutted him with the thing, and he took the belt down with him, I'm just like, Morrison just won. Yeah. What the? Hell, I can't believe Morrison just won. I wonder how that would have won if they didn't, if they had, like, the old-style belts that, like, kind of, like, clipped and not the Velcro-y-like ones. Right. But, yeah, that was different. All three of them had a hand on them, like, okay, how are we going to do this? 
Yeah, right. I uh, there. Quick sidebar: What's your opinion on the Velcro belts and not the clip, the button belts? Honestly, I could care less in a way. I guess it's just easier to get on and off. But for ladder match wise, I think it's just easier to get the belts off now. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's probably why. It's like I don't care either way, but it is what it is. Right. Um. Yeah. So then, after the match, you got you got Kofi and Jimmy on the top there, just arguing with each other. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Like you idiot! You you made him win. Like, no, you're the idiot. You made him win. Yeah, both you made him win. You both headbutted him. Uh huh. Next match and was match of the night in my opinion until um the Boneyard match. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Oh my god! In a grudge good. match. That was good. Now, um, to me, there was too many good moments to pick from. Oh yeah, my favorite thing was is how Seth Rollins comes out and is dressed like Jesus. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, that is that slight heel shit right there. But yeah, and then with everything that was going on, they were doing some mind games and then Owen's talking trash. Rollins doing his big moves like the Falcon's arrow and everything. Yeah. Rollins dodged a pop-up powerbomb, which I thought, you know, that always happens. He doesn't use it as his finisher anymore, really. Yeah, it's just, that's like a signature move of his now since he's got the stunner. Yeah. It when when he hit him with that Izaguri and Owens went to the middle rope and did the rebound clothesline, I'm like, oh, that's a call out to Dean Ambrose. <laughs> yeah. Which did appear on WWE backstage. <laughs> For a split second and got Renee in almost a lot of trouble. <laughs> but still it was funny. Yeah, yeah, it was great. <clears throat> now, why uh, Rollins and Owens goes out to the ring, and then Rollins hits him in the face with the timekeeper's bell? It's just like, why? Honestly, I I I laughed when I heard the ding. <laughs> right, but I knew Kevin Owens like even before the announcer said it, he didn't want to win that way. But the way that that match, the action, the, the reboot of that match, that elbow drop off the WrestleMania sign. Oh. Which I thought was weird that they had the big-ass WrestleMania sign behind the commentators. I know, the one that the guys are always pointing at. We didn't see a lot of pointing either. The, the yeah, guys right. They're always pointing at some more. But still, I get why they put it there. Not so Kevin Owens can jump off it. Right. That, that was good. Yeah, that just that spot alone made the match really good. But then, in my opinion, I think they could have done the no DQ match the next night. You know what I mean? Like, build that up for the next night. Yeah. But next night was already pretty stacked as was. So, it was like, eh. Yeah, night one was definitely short. I think. Oh, it was short by an hour. Really? Actually, yeah, it was shorted by an hour. And then night two was actually only half an hour 
shorter. Huh. Yeah, it was actually pretty weird. That does, Night 2 just seemed longer to me. Well, yeah, only by half an hour. Because yeah. Night 1 ended at 10, and Night 2 ended at 10.30. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But we'll get into that, why it felt longer for Night 2. <laughs> um... Yeah, after the match, goes up, Owens back to the middle of the ring and salutes as we go to break. Cool, whatever. Um, and then when we come back from break, it's Gronkowski and Mojo Rawley interrupted by R-Truth in the 24-7 championship. Yeah, that would be the first scripted title that Gronk's try to win. Ha, ha, ha. You're not the only one that said that. Oh, I know. That's why I said it. I had to. I like it how then after this we go to Charlie Caruso and she gets scared shitless by Paul Heyman. I mean, so would I. I, mean, I mean, that was just did, great. I, was just, I just like how she like j- is just talking and then she's like, "My God!" <laughs> right. If you're waiting for Paul Heyman to start yelling for no reason, but he never did. Right. Which was creepy. And. uh... Yeah, that was... So now we do all that, and now we're on to the Universal title match. Oh, you mean all three minutes of it? Here's my issue. (laughs) Knowing what I know now. Goldberg pulled creative control. Yeah. On Wyatt. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah, like, as soon as I seen that match, at first I was like, oh, great, this is, this is going to be a, uh, like a two-minute match. Spear, spear, attempted jackhammer, running power slam, and that's it. It's pretty much what happened anyway, just a few more power slams. So, all it was was four spears, an attempted jackhammer, four power slams. Right. That's exactly how that match went out. Braun walks out Universal Champion. Right. My opinion... They only took the belt off of Goldberg because he wasn't re-signing. Right. So it's like, okay... He doesn't re-sign a Legends deal. Or at least a working Legends deal. He can sign a Legends deal and still get money. Right. And still do appearances that WWE approve of. But yeah, he probably wanted the title one more time. So they had to take it off the theme. I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, that that makes the theme look even weaker. That made the theme look like a, a hunk of junk. Right. But then, obviously, night two of WrestleMania made change that all, all again. Oh, yeah, totally. And it's just like, okay, cool. Braun Strowman's Universal Champion. He won the Intercontinental Championship and the Universal Championship Within in two months. Yeah. Good for him. Right. Cool. Tri- you, you guys pulled the trigger like two years too late. Yeah, that means he's at least a Triple Crown Champ now. Fuck, he is a Triple Crown Champion. I completely forgot about Nicholas. How could you forget about the mighty Nicholas? I completely forgot about that Stupid freaking storyline. Yeah, so he's at least a triple crown. So, wait, has he had the U.S. title? He's never had... The the Intercontinental was his first singles trap. Oh, yeah. 
That's right. But yeah, he's at least the Triple Crown champ. Yeah. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so mad. I can't believe that I didn't even realize he was a Triple Crown. I just realized I'm sitting here. I'm thinking, wait a minute. So, yeah. So that means he's what now? The 40th or the 41st Triple Crown winner? I don't know. There's more Triple Crowns than anything else, it seems. More than Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I'm mad. But we're going on to the last match of night one, which makes me very happy. Uh, the Boneyard match, AJ Styles versus Undertaker. I can't describe. There's no way I'm going to put up any of the spots. You guys want to? You guys want to know what the match was? Go watch it. Go watch um, the Boneyard match. It was fantastic, top to bottom. To, uh, what I first seen, and I was like, "Oh, great! It's basically a movie version of a buried alive match." Right. But then I liked all the goofy crap they were doing. The stuff they did with OC, um, how Taker left, how AJ thought he buried Taker just to appear right behind him. See, I I took it as two different matches. This is the way I looked at it. There was two different matches. It was uh, the first part of the match was Mark Calloway, American Badass Undertaker. Then when he popped up behind AJ, it was Phenom, Deadman, Undertaker, with all the sp- mystical, spooky powers. Right, when AJ started to be like, I don't want to deal with you now. Yeah, and then AJ's like, uh, backpedal, 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 backpedal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he did not want to deal with Undertaker at that point, which, again, I completely understand. It's it's right. like why why put yourself in that situation, right? And honestly, I thought he was going to get last righted off the bar in that chokeslam. Oh my god, that would have been a little bit more deadlier if you really think about it. Because it, it, as long as it, a chokeslam, you can gently throw him down. A power bomb, that's a little bit different. You kind of have to force it, or they're not going to land right. But you got to think they probably. Pads and stuff underneath that wood. Oh yeah, too. they did. So I, I mean, a last ride. Just like uh, yeah, a last ride wouldn't have been bad, but at the same time, like the choke said, like that's fine too, though. And then he's like, "Do you remember my wife's name now? Right? <laughs> Am I an old man?" Carries him to the grave, right. and he's like, "I'm not gonna bury you, boy." You gave me a hell of a fight. You gave me a fight that most people can't give me. Right. I'm not going to bury you. I, I like it how he had him in a choke. Like, he Googled his neck, and he, like, pats his hair back. And he's just like, no, you're okay. You're okay. Shh. Right. Shh, it's all okay. <laughs> that was just like, Taker. That, that was just <laughs> old man Taker getting his breath back. Oh, yeah. Then, then he's like, nah, I'm not going to do it. Turns around, yeah, I'm going to do it. Kick him in the face and put him in the grave. Right. And then the best part of uh, best part of that is when he's done with the tractor, he slides the moss over and it's, just, it's AJ's grave. Yeah, that was cool. I was just like, okay, that makes sense why they showed that on Raw and then they, you know, do it now. Yeah. 
and uh so good. My favorite my favorite part is at the end <laughs> when they show AJ's hand. It's a fucking baby arm. <laughs> oh, so we're gonna terminate this now. It was it was it, it was a baby. It was a plastic I, baby arm with AJ's glove on it. And I'm just like, this is so freaking hokey. I love it. I didn't pay that close attention to the arm, to be honest. Yeah, I was tired by the end of the night at that point. Oh, my God. It was it was so funny. I thought that was just great. Right. They're like, how are we going to make it look like he's still in there? Baby arm! What? <laughs> Yeah, what? Do that again? Right. Vince was like, I like this idea. This is such good shit. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, God. That was the end of night one, which I thought, great night one. Night two, on the other hand, even better, honestly, in my opinion. (sighs) Oh, yeah, that was definitely the more, if I had to pick one of the nights to watch the night I didn't want to watch. Um, yeah, so, first, uh, first match was a kickoff match. It's Liv Morgan versus Natalia. That lasted all of five minutes, and they traded roll-ups at the end, and Liv with the smart-ass roll-up hooks Natty's legs together and pulls them back. Right. Cool. Liv Morgan gets a win for no reason. Right. Which was really no reason to have that match. I... Right. Uh, the opening was... match of night two, though, the NXT women's title match, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. I like Rhea Ripley's Super Saiyan 4 Vegeta outfit. That's what you thought that was? That's what, I, that's what I've been seeing on the internet was that outfit was like on Facebook and some other like Facebook wrestling groups I'm on. Said that yeah, her outfit was inspired by uh, Super Saiyan Vegeta's because it's blue and white like his too. With Rhea having blonde hair and all the same, but oh, okay, that black. I see what you're saying. That yeah. makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't even think about that until you said it. Yeah. So yeah, her outfit was. I don't know on purpose or not, but it was a Super Saiyan Vegeta thing. Hmm. Interesting. No, what what were your thoughts on this match? Because, uh, wow. I mean, obviously, I didn't like who won, but it, it was a good back and forth. I think they. I would rather have had Rhea pass out from the figure eight or not tap as quick as she did. Well, okay, I can make an argument for that, but give me a second. Um, honestly, the match was very well hard hitting. It was. It was. It was Charlotte focusing on a body part. You know, that's great psychology. She's been doing, she was doing nothing but working on that leg the entire night from the time that she pulled it down off, off the top rope when she went down to the apron till obviously the figure eight tap out. Right. So. That was. Yeah, it's just, it's, it. It was a very well-done match, psychology-wise. Oh, yeah, psychology-wise, yeah. And honestly, I'm okay with Charlotte winning. I 
I have no issue with Charlotte winning. Obviously, she's going to raise the stock in NXT more. Yeah. So it it's going to be a, it's going to be a different thing. That's for sure. But um, comparatively, night one to night two, who had the better opener? Obviously, to me, it's the NXT title match. Yeah, I, no, not I would give it to that too, but not by much. Okay. Yeah. Really? Not by much? I say I really thought, like, yeah, the beginning part of the night two's opening match was a lot more smoother than the opening of the night one's tag when it's tag title match. Right. But what they did towards the end with the women's tag title match kind of made up for the, how it started. But that's why I give night two a, a bit more of a lead because of it was more fleshed out and everything else. It seemed like the old jitters of the no audience thing had been long gone. Right. It didn't seem as awkward. Right. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. But yeah, so when she hit, she she was she was in the figure four a while. Okay. I'm so that part, I might have been getting up to get something to drink or something at that point. Yeah, she was she was already in the figure four for like probably a good minute, two minutes, and I'm sitting there going, "Why don't you automatically just bridge it? You know, just just you always try to just bridge it right away." But you, she she waited for the figure four to sink in, and then when Rayo was trying to fight out, she bridged. Yeah, I must have got back just as she bridged. So, and by the way, the fact that she can make the figure four more devastating is a credit to Charlotte Flair. Right. I, I was always wondering when I heard Ric Flair's daughter was wrestling. I'm like, okay, she's obviously going to be doing chops on the figure four. I was wondering how she was going to, the chops you obviously can't make different. But I was wondering how what she was going to do with the figure four. I really was. Right. So, after the NXT Women's Championship match, we go to Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. And in my opinion, one of the supply, surprise sleepers of the night. I I do admit this, but I only caught the ending of that because I ended up having to do something and I totally missed all that match except the ending. Well, Lashley and let So, you saw that Lashley came out in pants. Not his normal shorts, but pants. Yeah. That I didn't see. He, I think he looks so much better in pants. Cause I don't, I don't want to like some guys need to wear the tights, like the the underwear tights. But at the same yeah. time, some guys need to wear the pants. Lashley looks a little bit better with pants on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Black, whatever Black was doing, Lashley had an answer for it, which was really cool. I'm like, okay, so Lashley was, you know, it looks like that Lashley had been studying up on Alistair. And then when at the so you got the tail end when Lana's like Lashley no don't do the Dominator do the Spear yeah I'm like okay so Lana just cost Lashley this match and then as soon as he sets up for the Spear boom Black Mass yeah that's the only thing I caught and then Lashley's looking at Lana like why the hell did you tell me to do I had it under control like screw you right so they're getting 
split those two up probably. Well, I mean, also Lana with like no blonde hair, like ugh. Did you notice too how her Russian accent or whatever accent she tried to have just kind of went away? Yeah, she uh, they definitely just made her American at this point. Right, it's like we all know you're American and live in Florida, I think. So just cut the BS. Some can do the accent, some can't, and you're one that really couldn't. Oh no, she did the accent perfectly, honestly, in my opinion. But as soon as she got on Total Divas, that's oh yeah, that screwed everything. Yeah, that really put the nail in the coffin for the whole Russian accent thing. Right. Then after that, Kayla goes backstage and interviews the women's champion Bailey and Sasha Banks. Bailey obviously says her title defense is unfair. Blah 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 blah. Everything else a heel says. Then she leaves. Banks stays and she gets she gets asked um how bad she wanted to be women's champion and Banks just says we'll have to wait and see and then walks off. It's like okay, cool. So they're still doing the pull apart between Sha- Sasha and Bailey. Right. Ugh. Until we the actual ladder match or match, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. That, that I can't remember what the match match was. Next match was Otis and Ziggler. <laughs> I'm so glad my boy Otis got what he wanted. Well, it... Okay, so obviously the... The the um, hacker gimmick is Mustafa Ali. Yeah. Right? We all know this. Yeah. So, what... If you guys didn't watch SmackDown the night before night one um everything was brought to attention and brought to light by the hacker saying that the truth would be heard and they pretty much showed deville uh screwing with otis mandy rose going with ziggler on purpose because deville wanted so and then the whole crap snowstorm just went downhill from there. Yeah. Which This is Ziggler's one and only singles match at WrestleMania. Right, but a side note on that like splitting with like Mandy and Sonya. There's not enough women tag teams for them to really split one up. I mean, there is if you like put everybody for if you've put some women from NXT together. In right, NXT but, UK. But they haven't really done that yet, which is the problem. Right, which I understand. But you still have Tamina and Naomi. You still have... Well, you also have Nia Jax and Tamina now, since Nia Jax is back. Um, You have Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Iconics, because they haven't broken up yet. Vince yeah, Bailey. What have Iconics done lately, though? They've, they haven't done shit since they lost the titles. Yeah. Um. I mean, you got a few women's tag teams, but no, like, you, you got enough, but at the same time, you don't have enough, if that makes right. sense. Well, here's oh. the thing. You, and this was brought up on um, another thing that I listened to. 
But how many women do you really need minimum to fill the rot like to fill the championships? True, I T yeah. UK Raw and SmackDown women's that's eight, and then you need four others for the tag titles. So that's twelve. You need twelve women total minimum to do rivalries. Yeah. I just wish they did more with the NXT women with the tag belts than they have been. Right. But uh, back to Otis and Ziggler. Like I said, this was Ziggler's one and only WrestleMania singles match, and he lost it. Right. So what's that say, what's that say to the company if they're behind you or not? They're obviously not behind you. Yeah, no. Um, the match was okay, in my opinion. It told it told the story the way it was supposed to. Ending of the match, uh, Deville is on the apron, um, begging or complaining with the ref. Otis is looking at her like, "Get the hell down!" Ziggler, low <laughs> Otis right in the junk. And then Mandy Rose all of a sudden appears out of nowhere. And in whatever gear she was, I don't even know what the hell she was wearing, honestly. Vince was like, you're blonde. You got big knockers. Show them. That's it. (laughs) I'm not wrong. You're not not wrong, but you're not right either. Um, She had very little fabric on. I'm sorry. That's what... Like, they wanted that to be what everybody focused on, which they usually do anyway, but still. Yeah. And now, uh, I mean, honestly, I was hoping Mandy Rose was going to come out and screw Otis over like Trish did with Christian and Jericho at WrestleMania 20. Oh, my God. I would have I would have laughed so hard if that would have happened. Right. But, but I, yeah. They, they, yeah. they needed to give Otis Mandy. At the, they needed to have at least one happy ending, you know, at Mania. Hey, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, a happy ending for Otis would be getting a ham. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Otis wins. They celebrate in the ring and they kiss. Woohoo! JBL's losing his shit on commentary, by the way, when this is happening. He's like, oh, I oh my god, they're kissing! It was great. Like, I don't mind JBL on commentary every so often because of the dumb crappy spouts. Yeah. It's, uh. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. Here is the match that I can tell you why WrestleMania felt so goddamn long night two. The last man standing match with Edge and Orton. Yeah, that did go. I love Edge. He's my favorite wrestler. Orton's great too. But that match should have at least been cut down by 15 minutes. Easily. Easily 15 minutes. Holy crap. Like you didn't need that long drawn out like the last five minutes with going up and down on boxes yeah like yeah that that whole sequence there was like 10 minutes 10 yeah that whole sequence cut that out like just bring that back to the ring and then do the chair shot right but the one of the great moments of that match 
was the Spider-Man elbow drop from the ceiling by Edge. That was so sweet. One of the cringiest moments of that match was when Orton had Edge hung up in the gym equipment after the Benoit documentary came yeah, out. Yeah, I was about to say I've seen a few things <laughs> on the internet. People weren't too happy about that. And I've seen a meme on the internet going, when you've watched Dark Side of the Ring one too many times. <laughs> oh, good lord. Yeah, there was a lot of people that were hating on that, but... They could have cut that out. They could have cut out the last, like, ten minutes of that match. Or, or if you go up there, bring the chairs with you or something. Or maybe, yeah. But, but, but yeah, that's why, yeah, I agree. That was the longest. I think it's almost set the record for longest WrestleMania match. I think that's, like, I I heard somewhere, seen somewhere, that that was, like, number two or three. Well, longest yeah. Mania match had to have been the Michaels Brett match that went over an hour. Yeah, I think that's the longest one. That has to be the longest because that went a full sixty. Uh, bell to bell, including overtime. Sixty-five to seventy minutes. Easily seventy-five minutes. Yeah, I heard this Edge Orton one was like almost forty-five, maybe. Holy crap! Like half hour to 45 minutes or something like that. I could be way wrong. But it seemed like it took 45 minutes because of some of the slow spots. Well, yeah, it took... Because it took forever. They were just plotting it all. And I was like, no! Like, some of that stuff backstage, they didn't really need. Especially when they were going by all the production people that were there. Right, exactly. So, going into the gym, that was fine, except that one spot. Um do some of the backstage stuff, but go through that part quick. If you're just trying to get to the uh, truck area, spend like maybe five minutes going through the backstage to go back to where the finish spot's going to be. Right. Do what you got to do there. Get it over in 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. This ain't WWE 2K20 where you can have last man standing matches for like an hour. I've done it. Oh, my God. You're a sick man, that's for sure. I did three of them. Each match lasted over 40 minutes. Oh my god. Why? Why? Me and my friend were stubborn. Apparently. Right. All for the ECW television title. <sighs> Not worth it. Um, oh, it wasn't, but we, it was his principal at that point. Yeah. What do you think of the submission move Edge applied on Orton? I think that's good. Actually, I think they're, um, it's almost like a modified Anaconda Vice in a way. Plus, there's an independent superstar that I know that almost kind of does the same thing too, to a, to a degree. But it's kind of like a modified sleeper slash Anaconda Clutch. Anaconda Vice. It's kind of one of those things. Or standing arm triangle. Something. I don't, it, it's different for Edge. Like, at another that he does, and he's done so many moves over the past, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Then that final concerto shot, Edge was crying. I almost teared a little. So did I, that, that last two minutes, he, that as, as emotional as it was, though, it could have, it could have got cut. But they still have the emotional part of it. I get it. 
But just the lead up to that, yeah, they could have either slimmed it down or got rid of it completely. Like, do a move on top of the truck, go get the chairs, then do the concerto instead of battling back and forth on the truck for like five minutes. Right. So. so obviously Edge wins the match, but the Orton doesn't make it to his feet. And then we we take a break and come back from the break with the twenty four seven championship again, as Mojo Raleigh won it last night, the night before, and now Gronk jumps on top of everybody and then covers Mojo to become the new twenty four seven champion. Right. This whole twenty four seven title is just nothing but who's gonna roll up who. It's a roll up title. I'm okay. With, I'm okay with it. Well, not necessarily a roll-up title. You have to be, like it. They're bringing back the unpredictability of like with Crash. You know what I mean? Nothing will ever beat Crash Holly versus the Headbangers in a bullpen. No, you're right. Nothing will <laughs> ever beat that. But at the same time, it's like they're trying to bring that unpredictability. Like that title can change hands at a dime's notice. Right, and it gives like the jobbers and stuff something to something for them to do. Right. Or random celebrities or governors, apparently. <sighs> Tell me about it. So, the next match is the Raw Tag Team titles between Austin Theory and Angel Garza versus the Street Profits. I didn't care for this match at all. Neither did I, because obviously it was just... Like, if it would have still been Andrade and Garza versus Street Profits, that would have been one thing. But this was obviously... Austin Theory was a last-second replacement. You know who was going to win it anyway. It, it was pointless to watch. That would have been what you would call get up, get snacks, go to the bathroom break. Right, exactly. And here, here's the thing. I, I was watching on social media that people were pissed off that they were like, oh, don't even have to go to NXT. Austin Theory goes straight to Raw. No! That's not even what they were trying to do. It was just a last-minute replacement because Andrade hurt his ribs. Right, it is. They just needed to find somebody, and they probably had him close by, so it'd be like, here you go, and think about how many times in the past people, like when Billy Kay first came around, just for an example, she had a match on SmackDown, but was still part of NXT. Yeah. It happened all the time. It happens all the time. Look at what Kevin Owens did when he had the NXT world title, with what he did with Cena, still part of NXT. I mean, I don't, I don't even want to like talk about this match because this match was just so boring, and it just, it was like, okay, the, 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 the thing that people were talking about is what happened after the match. Right. Only thing that I was just about to bring that up was Bianca Belair, mm-hmm. Montez Ford's actual wife, as far as I know. Yes, that's true. Um, yeah, Montez Ford. He's the skinnier one, right? Yes. Okay. Um, Angela Dawkins yeah. is the big stocky one. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I thought that was cool. How the, that was the perfect way to introduce Bianca Belair to Raw. Oh yeah, easily. And my favorite part was though is that when Bianca Belair beat Selena Vega up and tossed her out, Mar- our, uh, Montez Ford comes in like sliding in, like looking at her, like, "Oh my God, you are the prettiest thing in the world." I noticed that too. <laughs> he was the, the look he had on his face was priceless. It was just like, what the hell? And then after that, for no reason, no reason whatsoever, Titus O'Neil comes up and says, I'm the new host of WrestleMania 36. No one cares about you, Titus. No one. 
his best moment ever was the Titus World slide, and that was it. You know what the worst part is? He 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 is in in the history books. He's the first twenty four seven champion. That's bad. When that's your big claim to fame, that like, that's uh, fuck. Right. I feel so sorry for Titus. I really do. In a way, he could have been something, but you know. He might be, he's not big and sweaty enough for Vince, apparently. Oh, no, he, he is something for Vince McMahon. He's, like, he has all these, like, Father of the Year awards from, like, different companies and different organizations, and it's like, well, if we keep him on, we have, we can always say we have Father of the Year to, like, yeah. for PR. It's like, Vince, let the man go. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, just, let, yeah. Like, Release him for let his contract run out. I mean, I get to use him a lot for like the well, like the be a star or the PR bullshit. It's like, yeah, just let the man go. I don't think he cares anymore. You don't use him hardly at all anymore. Just let the man go. But what was the next? What was the next? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just like, Ugh. yeah. But uh, yeah. So after that, the next match is the Fatal Five Way again. A match I was somewhat into. Didn't really care. Um, I, I knew I, Tamina wasn't gonna win. I knew she was still probably, a dark horse pick. Yeah, I knew she was probably gonna be first for eliminated. Unfortunately. I think Vince could care less. I think he does too. That's the way I look at it, unfortunately. He only really uses her when he needs to fill up a woman's spot. Usually yeah. with the women's Royal Rumble match now. Pretty much. So to see Tamina twice in a year is a rare occurrence, slightly. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Um, so everybody's sizing each other up, and then everybody just goes after Tamina and trying to take her out. Eventually that happens and Tamina's gone. To me, the match wasn't really memorable until the end. Yeah. Like it, 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 Naomi, Naomi got eliminated too. And it was like, okay, cool. We're doing this. Are we? Yeah. We're going to do banks and Bailey versus Lacey Evans. Cool. So Lacey Evans is pretty much on a two-on-one handicap match and then somehow beats Sasha with a mistake from Bailey. Yeah, by spinning, spinning around Sasha getting the women's right. Yeah. And Bailey doesn't help her at all. So obviously they're going to play up on that now. Or so we thought. Yeah, or so we thought. And now... uh it's just Lacey and Bailey. And that, yeah, that's just Lacey and Bailey with Sasha still on the outside of the ring. And it's like, okay, so Sasha's obviously going to interfere on Bailey's behalf. And we were wrong. Oh my god! The fact that they still had Sasha help Bailey retain—it's like, are you kidding me? He could have set up something good there. 
Oh, easily. But then, then, now, and then she just gives her the title. It's like, what are you, it's like, they're obviously eventually going to set up for Sasha and Bailey again. They have but, to. At, at SummerSlam, uh, I would. At this point, it's like, Bailey's had the title for a while, too, now. Almost a year. Uh, Night of Champions is when she'll have a year. Oh, it's Night of Champions. You want to yeah, that's because she I lost to the Charlotte and Night of Champions, and then that SmackDown, when it went to Fox. That's right, okay. Or the, night, or the week after it went to Fox. But she's had the belt for a while. Yeah, she's had it since September. Or, yeah, October? October. It she's seems it since long. October. It seems longer. Right? But then again, they really don't do much with the SmackDown women anyway. True. Because most of the good women are on Raw. I mean, at SmackDown, you obviously got Bailey and Sasha. But they don't do much with Natty. The, the really, the rest of the women's division on SmackDown is going to eh. Pretty much. They need to beef up that women's division on SmackDown. Oh, without a doubt. They need to do something. They can't just be playing hopscotch between (laughs) Bailey, Sasha, and every once in a while, Naomi. Right. Um, So, next match. (laughs) After that whole frickin' debacle. The Firefly Funhouse match between John Cena and the Fiend Bray Wyatt. I loved every minute of that match. Every second of this match was pure comedy gold or pure story told gold. And it was it was good. And I like how Cena's just like, there's no audience. And he's like, it's WrestleMania. And it d- does the whole trippy vibe for WrestleMania, which was cool. I like the whole... Ruthless aggression. Yeah. Ruthless aggression. But I've seen on Facebook through one of the groups I'm on, it kind of went through all the John Cena spheres. His bodybuilding past, his failed rap career, him turning heel, him retiring because at the end of the match you just see him disappear. Stuff like that. Yeah. It was... It was- it was more of like a career retrospective. It was, but they did it so well. So, you, you, good match with storytelling. It wasn't even a match. This this was not a match. I, I, I can... This was not a match. It was Plain a ten- simple. Sister Abigail at the end. It was... To be honest, it wasn't, it wasn't a match. It was a movie with a pin. Right, but it was every... That thing was so good. I, I honestly, I really enjoyed the Firefly Funhouse thing. Oh yeah, it was so good, and the fact that they redid the ruthless aggression part of John Cena. Yeah, and I like how Bray. What I don't know if you noticed this or not. When he did, when he went for the second slap and missed, Wyatt went. You can look, but you can't touch. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, son of a bitch. Way to throw the chad that he dated Nikki Bella in there. Good lord. That was good shit. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. My, my, it was cool because it's like they went through the ruthless aggression part. Then yeah. they went to the Saturday night's main event intro, which I thought was awesome, and called him Johnny Meat. Meat. Uh, 
Oh, what the hell was he called? Johnny Meatbody or Johnny something like that? Johnny, I can't remember. But also seeing old school Bray Wyatt too with that front, that hat. Johnny like Large Meat. That's what his name was. Johnny <laughs> Large Meat. Yeah, the whole scenario is great. Yeah, it was like, uh. And then the NWO part was hilarious. Now, see, people say that that was about him turning heel. No, that was not about him turning heel. That was Hollywood John Cena. Yeah. So as in, you know, all the movies he's been doing and everything. Like that type of Hollywood at that point. Not I, like Hollywood Hogan heel, but Hollywood Cena as in like he did all the stuff and, ne- and hasn't come back until now. I've also seen, uh, like on the internet, people like, Cena was never part of the NWO. And then somebody took the picture of Hall, Nash, and Hogan, Hogan. Li- lifting their arms up and Nash still got his one arm up. And this had number uh, the four, had one, two, three, and then four where the blank person was. It's John Cena. Yeah, that was good shit. Yeah, I like it how that when that was happening, you go to the you go to the puppets at the announce table, which was Macho Man, Mercy Buzzard, and Vince McMahon, uh, Vince McBoss Man, or something, or yeah, Trump, something like yeah. that, yeah. Mister McBoss Man, and all you hear from the puppet is it's such good shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god, they did what they did. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm. You know what? As le- as long as they're self aware, I'm okay with it. Oh yeah, totally. And when Cena came out as the rapper and still laid waste in the John or in the Bray Wyatt, oh my god. Yeah, I'll admit I bought his rap CD. It was okay, but... I loved his rap CD. It wasn't bad. It really... I, I liked it. I could listen to that. I could listen to that without skipping any song. I did for a while, but who knows how well I can hold up today, though. Oh, I, I, I play it now. I still play it now. See, I don't have that no more, because that was part of my CD collection that got stolen, along with all of the WWE, or WWF anthology collection. I had that. That one hurt. Ooh. Right, because, yeah, I got that when it first came out. It's probably not cheap now. What, the anthology? You can find it on Spotify. Yeah, but I liked having the actual... Oh, well, yeah, having the actual CD, they're probably only 15 20 bucks each, though. Because have... they were so massively produced. Yeah, that's true, though. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. And my thing is, is like when they when they did the whole rehash of the WrestleMania 30 match with Cena getting the chair, yeah. and he still swung, and then Wyatt just disappears, and Cena's like scared out his freaking gourd. Yeah, they did so well with that. And I thought it was this whole this whole sequence. The next part was with Hollywood Cena. Cena takes the hat off, puts the belt down, puts the towel on, attacks Wyatt, and then as he's beating Wyatt, you go back to all the, let's go Cena, Cena sucks, let's go Cena, Cena sucks, and then all the different people who hate Cena and this and that and the other thing, and then he's just beating up the pig. Yeah. He's beating Husky the pig. 
Fredo, that pig did nothing wrong. And then he comes back to normal. Like, he's, he's dressed normally like he came out. And then the fiend comes out of nowhere. And Cena's just like... Well, fudge. Yeah, it, it's like, oh my god. And then that was basically the end of that match. And, uh... I liked it, though, before they finished it, like, how they went and used Cena's promo from SmackDown saying that the most overhyped, overprivileged WWE superstar will be the, or, uh, eradicated. And it's on him. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Right. That's such good stuff. Right. That's good shit. That's good shit. My, the, my favorite part, though, is that when The Fiend has him down for the mandible claw. Yeah. Bray Wyatt comes out of nowhere and gives the three count. That was great. I was like, why? Like, they just did such an amazing production value. Both that and the Boneyard match. It was... It was something... It was different. Oh, my God. Right. So, we come back, and then we're back to Titus. And he's just like, I don't don't know what I just saw. It's like... Yeah, and then the main event of night two, which should be the main event of night two. I honestly, in my opinion, it should have been Firefly Funhouse, but at the same time, you want the champion to go on last. Yeah. So, Lesnar versus McIntyre. Let's get this out of the way and wrap up the podcast because this uh, this match did not take too long. It was really only going to go one way, and we all knew it anyway. Yeah, we all knew that Drew was going to win. There was no way he wasn't. Yeah. Obviously, we figured repeated Claymores. Yeah, and the the, the, bit, the first big shot was Lesnar with the F5. And Drew, and Drew kicks out at one. Yeah, you knew. It's, if you didn't know, you knew that. Oh, yeah. If you didn't know who was going to win that match, after that moment, you knew Drew was going to win. Right. That was... But I like how Brock is playing it. Play, like... Brock puts on a good performance when he's going against top of the people. Yep. But uh, uh, Heyman in the background screaming, "Keep on doing it! He can't keep out! He can't keep kicking out forever!" Yeah, he can. Yeah, he can. Goes for another F five, <laughs> and <clears throat> put this in perspective: at the beginning of the match, Drew hits a claymore and kicks out at two. After like the third, going for the third F five or fourth F five, he uh, slithers out of that, hits him with three claymores in a row. Yeah. To win the title, and that match lasted all of four or five minutes. Which was I kind of expected it to probably go no more than ten. 15 at max. Right, exactly. Because it's two big guys, big guy matches usually don't last that long. And Yuri had that long as hell last man standing match. You don't want too many long matches in a night. Yeah, exactly. Bing, bing, boom. Honestly, I thought this was going to go to 11. I honestly thought that they were going to have that match go to 11 o'clock when it was 10.30. I'm like, this match is going to 11. 
And yeah. everybody on the chat was like, no, it's not. This, if this match lasts more than five minutes, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> and I'm nah. like, well, okay, that's fair. I mean, it is a Brock Lesnar match. He just wants to go and get gone. Like I think Honky Talk Man said at one point, doesn't matter if I work one minute or one hour, the pay is the same. That's true, too. Um. So, yeah, after he won the title, and I don't know if you saw this or not yet, Steve, so I'm going to say this now. Apparently, there was a special aftermatch after WrestleMania 36. Yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> Big Show comes out. Oh, God, why? This is, at, this is 24 minutes after Drew won the WWE title. He comes out for an interview, says his piece, and... Big Show comes out with a referee. Oh God! Did he oh, really? Did he really fight Drew McIntyre for the world title? Yep. And I'm just assuming McIntyre retained. Yep. After body slamming the Big Show. Right. So let's just do you know that was so needed. Well, it was shown on Raw as like filler. For their three-hour show that they did. But, uh, yeah. So, (laughs) out of both nights, so we're obviously going to compare and contrast on this one. Main events, it was Boneyard and W Championship. Obviously, Boneyard's going to win that. Yeah, that's a good And, uh, if you had to, out of ten... What would you give this? What would you give the pay per view? The whole thing, both nights. All considering, I'd say either between an eight and a nine. Really, you'd give it an eight or a nine out of ten? Yeah. Holy crap! I'm gonna go a little bit lower. I'm gonna say six to seven, because honestly, the the match, most of the matches were like on average, and then it everything got brought up because of the Boneyard and the Firefly Funhouse match. Okay, I might go seven to eight. Yeah. Okay. Eight, so we could agree on a seven then. If we eight. both say the same number, I'll go yeah. with a seven. Yeah. Okay, so we, we can say that out of out of ten, this was a seven out of ten pay per view for WWE. Because I liked being able just to focus on the action for once. It was it was Yeah. A- that was pretty good. Like you weren't looking for signs or you weren't looking for certain people. You know. Right, or, you know, stupid camera angles to the audience. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so with that, podcast is going to be over. Um, but before we sign off, uh, last week Steve told me F. Mary Kill, so I got to tell him F. Mary Kill. And we're going to do the stages of John Cena. You have Ruthless Aggression, Thugonomics, or NWO. Well, kill the Thugonomics because I don't want to be degraded every five seconds. <laughs> um, the Ruthless, ag- and then now I'm down to the Ruthless Aggression and the NWO Hollywood. Yep. Uh, marry the Hollywood because, you know, money. Right. Okay, that's fair. And then might as well fuck the Ruthless Aggression because the young upstart, he's going to want to try harder. There you go. That's a good way of thinking. <laughs> Okay, so with that, the podcast is over. Uh, please continue to like, share, and subscribe us. Uh, listen to us on 
Spotify, uh, Pocket Radio, Anchor.fm. Um, yeah, wow. just keep on listening and keep on supporting us because we like doing this. And uh, check out the other podcast. We got the wrestling commentary every Wednesday at noon. And I'm starting to do watch alongs on Tuesdays at noon on Spotify and everything. So just look up the three pod three count podcast and then it's gonna be watch alongs with the episode number and then wrestling commentary with the episode number.